This pizza is based off a uh, pizza place in what's called Mystic Connecticut. And it's a pizza place called A Slice of Heaven. Now, Julia Roberts stars in this particular film called Mystic Pizza. It's like pizza in Mystic Connecticut. And uh, but no, no. Uh, recently, somebody did something wrong because uh, I went in there and they were like, "Oh, uh, employees can only have two beers after work a night now." So, so like after you have two beers, they they shut you off. Huh. Just immediately. Are, are you allowed to put together like a six pack and take your discount and leave? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can do that. You can you can drink two beers and also get a six pack. You just can't hang it. You, you just it. can't hang out for an extended time in the beer garden. Yeah, you just get loaded on a half off beers. And at the same time, they uh, made it a rule that uh, you can't wear your employee shirt while you're drinking in the beer garden. Oh, hmm. They yeah, don't want to so, make it look like so, people are drinking on the job. So somebody went and did something wrong. Looking at you, Lewis. <laughs> Freaking Lewis. Freaking Lewis. Uh, always Lewis. Well, this is the Mystic Pizza Minute. Hello. Uh, this is a podcast in which we go through the 1988 Julia Roberts vehicle, Mystic Pizza, one minute at a time, uh, kind of analyzing as we go. Mm-hmm. We um, haven't seen it before. Uh, our no. guest today... <laughs> Wait, this is all out of order again. Sorry, it's been like two weeks again since we recorded. Yeah, yeah, it's been two weeks since the last time we recorded because Holfer went to Florida a second time just to write it right I, off I left that. some stuff behind. I had to go pick it back up. <laughs> He's like, see you again. Off to Florida. But mm-hmm. uh, no, welcome to the Mystic Pizza Minute. I'm John Windsor. I'm David Holford. And with us today is Jeff Martin. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Jeff, have you seen Mystic Pizza before? Uh, I've seen about the first 35 minutes of Mystic Pizza today at my desk at lunch. Mm-hmm. But you have not seen Perfect your- lunchtime amount of uh, pizza to consume. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, no, I've, I've seen none else of Mystic Pizza. But you have, like, memories of it. You know, you knew that it was a movie. I know. Yeah, I knew it was a thing. I knew it... Uh, it included uh, Julia Roberts. I thought it included Kevin Bacon. I seem to remember it was a key player in the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. He's yeah. not yet shown up, though, so... No, he has not yet shown up, but... If he's in it at all. But I'm, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Bacon made some kind of, like, uh... <laughs> yeah, I can't remember specifically hearing that Kevin Bacon was in that movie, this movie, but now that you've said it, like, my brain just instantly believes that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, sense. yeah, Kevin Bacon is definitely going to show up. Now it's all a matter of time, like, when will Kevin Bacon show up? Well, that's why that game works. Mm-hmm. He's in everything. Maybe he's, like, a, maybe he's a rival fisherman, like, to Vincent D'Onofrio's character, Bill. Like, he's Bill's competition. That'd be good. Like, he's got a boat of his own. And maybe he he just got married. Like, his marriage worked out. He's, no, like, his, the opposite of Bill. Yeah, he's his, like his life is working out. <laughs> yeah, Except like, also very similar to Bill. Uh-huh. Because really, what would be the opposite job of a fisherman? Uh, Somebody who, like, releases fish into the water? <laughs> yeah, maybe he, like, uh, tries to sabotage Bill's, like, lobster missions. He's, you know? like, a Greenpeace person. Yeah, he goes around, like, cutting all of his traps. And, and then Bill has to, like, hose him down with a fire hose from his boat. <laughs> he's, he's, he's standing he's on like, the get beach. get out of here. He's standing on the beach cleaning off seals with, like, dish detergent and Kevin, uh, 
Vincent D'Onofrio, Vincent Philip D'Onofrio, <laughs> is out there uh, killing fish. I just oiled up all these fish. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I just poured oil on those ducks. <laughs> what are you doing? You're ruining my business. So uh, what happens in Kevin this minute? Bacon? <laughs> Don't you and your brother get out of this town. Uh, what happens in this minute? What happens in this minute? I'm sorry, I'm just going off. Close that fridge. Bacon. Um, well, I wrote uh, about this minute. Uh, we're back in the restaurant. We're back in Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. And uh, Conchata Farrow's character, uh, Leona, we find out her name is Leona, and she's taking a tally of, uh, you know, at the end of the day. But it is, like, uh, it's still light out outside. I noticed that, too. So, like, what time is this? Even if it's summer, like, uh, we're assuming this is late summer from other context clues. That still means that they're closing at, like, 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's at least 8 o'clock because... It's a lunch-only pizza place. Yeah, it doesn't even seem like lunch the sun Lunch and early is, dinner. It doesn't even seem like the sun is going down. Like, it's daytime outside. Yeah, it's and very she's daytime. taking, like, an end-of-the-day tally of how much they made and complaining that uh, they have to do better than this. Mm-hmm. She's like, we got to do better than this when she runs, like, the ending numbers. It seems like but, Mystic uh, Pizza might be in some financial trouble. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, because they're they're closing way too early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's still light out. They're taking a tally at the end of the day, and they're like, "Oh man, what's the problem here, people?" Well, the problem is your pizza shop is open is not open late. Yeah, if only we could find you know some kind of time when people were buying pizza, you know, <laughs> perhaps drunkenly. Yeah, yeah, they serve beer also, so I don't know. They were just telling all the beer drinkers and pizza eaters to leave at around eight o'clock. And that also means that the people that were at the bar just drinking it up and being all drunk, that means it had to be, like, kind of the afternoon when they were doing that. Maybe we already discussed that, but a lot of day drinkers in uh, in Mystic. Yeah, well, maybe this is, like, uh, you know, they're on, like, the main street of Mystic. So maybe uh, a lot of things, like, maybe it's, like, a Mystic ordinance that, like, your business has to close down by 8 o'clock. Mm. You know, so... You know, to keep the noise down on the street or something. So, uh, what else happens here? Uh, so, uh, Leona is taking a tally and, you know, running the numbers and stuff. She's and, got one of those uh, old-timey calculator machines. Right, yeah, the, those clicky those clicky machines. Mm-hmm. But uh, JoJo walks out in a... Uh, is she wearing a pink uh, Slice of Heaven t-shirt? I didn't notice that. That seems possible. Maybe she just ran it through the wash with some red ones. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. So, yeah, she's wearing a pink shirt. I wasn't sure if it was pink or white. Uh, might have been due to, like, the, I don't know, the, the, the film, mm-hmm. you know. You know, um, how film tends to get pink. The color correction. Yeah. yeah, you know, like film and eyes together. Maybe mm-hmm. it's my eyes' fault. It's probably your eyes. Uh, so Kat says, uh, well, no, she says, uh, Leona says, we're going to have to do a lot better than this. And uh, she mentions that it's June. She mentions oh, that they did have she mention to do, it was June? She mentions they have to do as well as they do in June. Okay. So okay. They need the tourists back. Like, which brings the question to me is how long? How much time has passed between when the first time we're in the pizza place and now? Because they were complaining about tourists, and now they desperately need them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they are open here. Maybe there's just nobody there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's... Uh, yeah, I think a lot of time has passed because, uh, you know... Uh, Cat had her interview to be a babysitter, but then in the next scene she was a babysitter, and it was like weeks later. Pretty but isn't she supposed? Isn't she supposed to start at Yale in like the fall semester? Mm. So it can't be that late. So I'm thinking, is it September? Yeah, maybe? it's probably late August, beginning of September. So their busy season is already done. So June is a little while ago. 
And now she's about to start school with Kat, I guess. Mm. I'm supposing. I thought it was she's starting in February. She's starting in the second semester. Oh, yeah. You, that might... That sounds familiar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this could be any time... This could be any time between June... Expert, David Alford. <laughs> between June and February. Yeah. All right. Well, we're yeah. narrowing it down. Really we, lock... We, half the year. We will have it within a couple of episodes, like, <laughs> what day the season takes place on. Well, I've got a hint, um, which is... Uh, all right, so I found the, the issue of Cosmopolitan that she's reading here. No way. Yep. <laughs> that was what I did with most of my research time on You were this. looking up what, uh, what magazine uh, JoJo was reading? And this is the September 1987 issue. Oh, okay. And now this movie came out in 88, so we can presume that it's set the previous year because it's like basically in the present. Uh-huh. So magazines, typically the way it would work is the next month's issue would come out on the current month, right? Okay, yeah. So, assuming this is a current issue of Cosmopolitan, it's probably August. Okay. That makes a whole lot of sense. And way to go on the research, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> not a problem. It was, uh... It, I just basically had to flip through, like, a hundred pages of identical-looking Cosmopolitan uh, covers until I could identify it just from that little slither down, sliver down there. So you yeah. take, take a look... Oh, wow, that is the one right there, yeah. Yeah, you want to hear some of the, the headlines from this Cosmo? Yeah, let's, let's tell us Oops. about this uh, issue of Cosmo. Okay, so uh, first off, we got, What Cosmo girls are doing about sex now? Underline now. The older man, his midlife crisis can make you crazy. <laughs> Stop giving to the friend who's always taking. There's a lot of things underlined on here. Elizabeth Taylor talks very frankly to Helen Gurley Brown. Mm-hmm. Is there life after Dallas? Victoria Principal's answer. Working out with the one you love, the new healthful intimacy. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that one. Uh, how to revive a stale affair? Wait, what? How to revive a stale affair. <laughs> Man, my illicit cheating has really gotten stale. <laughs> yeah. how, how do I put the spice back in my extramarital affair? Uh, I hope that uh, article is like one sentence long and it's like, stop doing it. <laughs> Go back to your loved one. Yeah, maybe that's how you fix your affair. The call girl scandal. getting boring. The I call mean, girl scandal that almost brought down the British government. I'm sorry to interrupt your joke. Do you oh, want to no, finish yeah. that one? <laughs> no, no, go for it. That one's better. <laughs> Oma Mori, A Wonderful Novel of Interracial Love by Richard McGill and a powerful excerpt from Gail Godwin's A Southern Family. Okay. That's it. Oh, well, uh, you know, it sounds like not much really has changed uh, since uh, that issue of Cosmopolitan and now. Do you think Do you think that any of these are sort of like the songs pointing at what's happening in the film? Like the midlife crisis and how it can be good for you. Can that be our uh, preppy dad hitting on cat? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. maybe yeah, the thing about the stale affair, like... Uh, and maybe this affair is going to get real stale. This affair uh, between cat and Tim Travers has already, you know, started out as pretty stale. <laughs> Just a bunch of boring Bonding houses. over, like... Uh, uh, she's reading at the beginning of this a book, uh, which I meant to look up. Early uh, Connecticut Houses. Yeah, Early Connecticut Houses. Anyone look that up? Uh, no. no, I was going to look up and see if uh, Early Connecticut Houses... It was a real book exists. or not. Yeah, if it's a, whether if it's a real book or something, they printed up real quick. But she's totally in him. She's reading that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Kat is uh, trying to get to know Tim's job a little bit, which is... Um, I mean, you know, appropriate for her to be doing. Book by Albert Frederick Brown and Norman Ishman. Isham. Ish. Isham? Isham. Isham? Isham? 
<laughs> is he? So that looks like it might be a real book. I don't know. The book cover looks a little different, but at least a book by that title has been published. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and guess. Like there are eight books that actually exist called Early Connecticut Houses, mm-hmm. <laughs> all by different authors. So uh, then, what what are we up to here? We're still in the conversation, but uh, something comes on on the television. Yeah, and uh, I don't I forget who says it, but they're like, uh, "Leona, your boyfriend's on TV." Yeah, I wrote down that and didn't write who said it. So they all look up at the TV, and uh, there's like a food critic on TV called Hector Plachet. Yeah, his name is Hector Plachet. He's a food critic. He's like a TV food critic, and he's talking about a place called Nubby's that he just went to. More like Grubby's, am I right? Yeah. That, that's a real Gene Shallot line right there. <laughs> More like Grubby's. <laughs> yeah, it would be a, uh, you know, he says Grubby's would be a better name for it. Were there televised restaurant reviews? Was that ever a thing? Oh, a thousand percent. That, uh, that's on public access television. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Is he recording it from Nubby's in that? Because he's, like, in a restaurant. I was wondering that, too. I, I'm Is he just shit-talking them, like, in the middle of their restaurant on yeah, television? exactly. Like, the, the employees are standing around watching the show about their restaurant, and he's just like, this place sucks. Yeah, if we're getting ahead of ourselves, Hector Plachette did not like Nubby's one bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he complained about uh, having to ask three times for a clean fork. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that they were overpriced and pretentious. Uh, he mentioned the food that he ordered, which was black angel hair pasta with Dalmatian sauce. Mm-hmm. And basically the less that could be said about that, the better. Right. Was the implication. Um, and then immediately after this, this brutal review, just like, you know, he was just clearly loving just tearing this place down because mm-hmm. it made him feel powerful or whatever. But um, <laughs> he, uh, they're like, we should get him to come here. Yeah, yeah. Kat says to Leona, she's like, I think we should get him to come here. And uh, Leona's like, I wouldn't let that moron in the door. Well, that's actually after. That's the next minute, I think. He just, oh, he just tore this other Oops. restaurant to shreds. We should get him over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which we, ha- we're, we are surely better than, I'm guessing what is, squid ink pasta. <laughs> Mm. And Dalmatian sauce, which I looked up, which is a real tomato sauce. Yeah, yeah. Is it really? Although it just sounds unappetizing because it kind of sounds like there's Dalmatians in it. Yeah, it sort of sounds like this black and white dish. It sounds like what Cruella de Vil would eat like after she finished making her coat. <laughs> Turn these puppies into spaghetti. <laughs> Forget my wardrobe. You have to use all of the animal. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're it's, it's disrespectful otherwise. So we're going to make the, the, the fur into suits. <laughs> Killing the puppies is wrong unless you make spaghetti out of them too. Um, let's see... Oh, I lost track of what I was going to say. Another thing I noticed, noted in this minute, was uh, there's a centipede machine. Is that what that was? I a thought it was Galaga. Machine? I think it was centipede. It, it wasn't. You couldn't see it clearly, but it looked like the centipede marquee to me. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was looking up uh, like arcade machines and trying to match the one that I saw in Mystic Pizza. Like real quick, I couldn't really find anything, but. I guess so. You're saying Holford that it's centipede. Yeah, let me look that up for and one second. Jeff, sorry. you're saying that it's Galaga. I contend that it's Galaga. Okay. Well, maybe in like another minute we can get more clear of a picture of the arcade machine. You might be right. Maybe Hector Plachet comes over to review the restaurants just starts <laughs> playing video games instead. <laughs> I love Mystic Pizza, but I could not get my eyes away from Galaga. <laughs> I just played it for six hours. I got the high school. Uh, you're probably right. I think it's Galaga. New Haven, by the way, is uh, known to a lot of websites as the best pizza town in America. 
Yeah. So really? I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, Hector Pluchette coming over from New Haven to Mystic to have some of their pizzas is, is going to turn out well. Yeah, I've heard a couple times that uh, if you're going to go anywhere for pizza, like the Connecticut area. Really? I thought you were joking when you said that. You've actually heard that? Well, that guy, John Werner, came on the show and he I said... I thought he was joking. No, I think he was pretty serious, like around like the Yale area and like... Uh, so they want uh, Hector Plachette to come to Mystic Pizza to to judge their pizza, basically mm. because he's a food critic. But I kind of am thinking at the same time they don't want him to do that because he's probably already eaten the best pizza in Connecticut. Yeah, he's just like so blasé about everything. He's just mm. got like like the only way he can feel anymore is just by like tearing these restaurants a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like uh, who who you, who would. We watched today. Who's kind of like Hector Plachet? I was gonna say Anthony Bourdain, but he doesn't really slam people all that no. much. No, but like this guy is like down on his uh, on his food. He's like the he's like the uh, early Simon Cowell yeah. of restaurant views. Like not the current fuzzy Simon Cowell, but the like the first two seasons of American yeah, Idol. Yeah, exactly. Cowell. You uh, watch Hector Plachet to uh, like watch him slam restaurants. You know what he's kind of like? He's kind of like the the fictional critic that appears in every creative work of fiction because the person <laughs> writing it is insecure about critical reviews of their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. They A just, little bit like that, actually. Like uh, like that guy from Lady in the Water. Uh huh. Have you seen that recently? I did not see Lady in the Water, period. You didn't see Lady in the Water, period? No. Yeah. It, it was largely about how people are unfair to M. Night Shyamalan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan literally wrote this, uh, like, critic character in. Because it all took place in, like, a hotel. Mm. So he wrote this character who went to the hotel and was just being a dick to everybody the whole time. Because mm. he's a movie critic. He's just like, I'm a critic. And movie <laughs> critics are, like, notorious dicks. Not far off. To like not even just to the movies that they uh, that they review, but to everybody in their entire lives also. Right, because why would they be a critic otherwise? Right, they're not just overly critical of films; they're just a holes. <laughs> You're kind of a movie critic, right? Uh, I'm a, I'm an occasional movie and art and culture reviewer. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't say critic. I, I I'm not academic enough to be. Uh, a critic. Okay. So well, we're not academic enough to be podcasters. And yet here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our show. <laughs> you have like a website though and everything, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I write on uh, jeffreymart.in. It's my full name and I put the dot right before the last two letters. Uh, uh-huh. And I that's where I write most of my film reviews. And then I also review um, Philadelphia area breweries and uh, some theater scene stuff uh, at phillyreview.com. That's Great. cool. Yeah. What's uh, what's your favorite thing that you've reviewed recently? Uh, I ju- uh, a review should be coming up uh, soon on phillyreview.com about Thank You Places. It's an improvised musical at a Philly Improv Theater. Oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah, it's super fun. We were just talking, like, literally just earlier about joining an improv class, me and Windsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said that would be a good idea, but uh, if I were going to do that, it would have to be by myself. Because Holford, if That's I just called stand up, if I saw your face, well, no, no, like by myself, like uh, you know, going in a class, a, in a class by myself. Because mm-hmm. if I were like in an improv circle and looking across, and I see Holford like laughing at me, I would immediately start laughing at him too, and then we would both have to leave. You should come be on my team. Yeah. Wait, are you are you in improv? I am. Uh, I'm in a group called Bits and Pieces at the Players Club of Swarthmore. 
Uh, Will we survive till the third season? Who knows? See, my problem here, and and, like no offense, but I I hate improv, (laughs) but I also think it might have something valuable to teach us, especially as podcasters, you know, who have to just keep talking for a living. Yeah, it really teaches you to uh, agree with each other or just sort of build on a a roll of jokes. It Mm. sort of makes it fun. It, it, it It lets you fill up space pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I feel the same way. Like I agree with uh, improv. Like I feel like I could learn a whole lot from it. But just the idea itself, and it would be getting rid of this like insecurity of mine. Like it just makes me terribly uncomfortable. Like the idea of even being involved in improv. But I guess that's the point, you know. Like it's you're supposed to do it enough so you're not terribly uncomfortable. Yeah, it's. You learn pretty quickly that once you get up onto stage, uh, you're going to do something stupid. But it's okay because... It keeps moving. You have an entire team behind you who are going to accept the thing you did that's stupid and then make it better. And yeah, you're literally there to do something stupid. Right. Yeah, before I was talking, when I got here, I was like, man, I have to get in the mood for talking. And uh, Holford was like, uh, let's do some improv routines or something. like improv- uh, Warm-ups. Yeah, yeah improv warm-ups. So, so we, we did like- zip, zip, zap, zap. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Is that like an actual one? I thought he was making yeah. that up. Yeah, we did. Oh, we, we did zip, zap, zap for a while in my group, uh, except one guy is just was just awful at it and hated it and hated it. And yeah. So we stopped doing it. <laughs> so the point of zip, zap, zap is that you just go around the table and say zip, No, zap, zap. it's... it's you're, you're supposed to be standing in a circle and you point at random people in the circle and okay. it's... It's an exercise in paying attention to the person, to everyone who's around you, yeah. and being engaged, and also making a connection with somebody. So if I'm throwing zip at you, like I'm looking you directly in the eye, mm-hmm. and so you're you're acknowledging it, you're receiving it, and you're passing it on to somebody else. And you have to say zap, and then you to somebody else, to say, yeah, okay, and then they have to say zap, and then it just keeps going like that. It's not that complicated. <laughs> it has, it, it has to be more complicated. It can than be. That. It can be. It, it can go zip, zap, zap. Zip, 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 like it can go up and down the ladder of number of times you do each. Uh-huh. So to sort of keep you paying attention to everything that's going on instead of just waiting for something to come to you. Okay. So not really a two-person exercise. Yeah. No, not really. Hardly a, it was hardly a three-person exercise. <laughs> yeah, no, you really need a bunch of people for most of these exercises. I just kind of Googled a list of them. We did this one called hand slaps, but uh, I didn't read the rules, so then I was just trying to slap Windsor's hands. <laughs> What, uh, do you have any, uh, any uh, warm-up routines that you guys go through? Uh, yeah, there's a, one I really enjoy, uh, two I really enjoy. One of them is called These Are Five Things. Uh-huh. Uh, and you just sort of say, uh, John, five things that jump. And mm. you come up with five things, and we just count them off as you go through them. Rabbits. One. Mario. Two. The Suicidal. Hey. <laughs> Three. You just, that, that's Mexican not Jumping thing. Beans. Four. <laughs> Things that jump. See, I would be terrible in, in an improv troupe. I could only think of but rabbits and Mario. But the great thing is that no matter what you say, it's true. Mm-hmm. So we're just counting it. And nobody's like, yeah. nah, yeah. nah. <laughs> yeah, people with Everybody no like stop jump. Everybody stop. Let's shame Windsor <laughs> for not being a company. And the other one is called uh, Derek. And mm-hmm. uh, Derek is a kid who's upstairs. Uh, and you're all trying to yell at him to convince him to come downstairs. And, you know, you you just start being like, Derek, come on, Derek, buddy, get down here. And then some people just slowly add in details of uh-huh. why Derek won't come downstairs. And you try to slowly We're coax him down. We're not mad at you for what you did. Yeah, Derek, it wasn't that big a deal, bud. <laughs> Derek, I know you ruined the Dalmatian sauce. <laughs> She's gone. You can come down. 
Right. I kind of like Derek. Yeah, yeah. Derek's a great game. You just keep adding details until you've rounded out why Derek is not coming downstairs. <laughs> We're not talking about Mystic Pizza anymore, Derek. We're far off the rails, Derek. We are. We, we have left. We have left that station. Ooh, look what I can do we with this one. We have left the town of Mystic. Ooh, yeah, look at that. Uh, Holford's over here playing with Ninja Turtle toys. I, I, I bought a bunch of them online. Uh, <laughs> these are classic uh, late 80s, early 90s Ninja Turtle designs. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just bu- bought a bunch of weird, gross villains. Here we have Mutagen Man. That's Muck Man. And then here's Pizza Face. They really ran out of names at one point, didn't they? Well, I think they just, like, it's it's like crazy how creative the actual designs of these are. It looks mm-hmm. like they just took a bunch of, like, PCP and just, like, started, you know, doodling. <laughs> but then when it came time to name them, they just went with the most obvious thing that they could possibly... Oh, well, Mutagen Man, I don't know about that, but Muck Man, he's just like a mucky yeah. man. Made out of muck, he uh, is standing on a manhole cover. And then Pizza Face, it's just like a pizza guy. They should call him Pizza Foot, because his foot is pizza, not his face. <laughs> yeah. We should keep this guy close by, though. He could be our, you know, pizza mascot. Oh, yeah. I did have a, a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Shoot. What is your favorite movie starring America's Sweetheart, Julia Roberts, and do you think that by the end of the project, it will be this movie? Hmm. Well, let's answer the second one first, because I haven't seen that many, so... It's entirely possible. So, uh, are we talking about things that she was in a uh, like a starring role, or can we talk about things that she was in more of a supporting sort of capacity? Anything she's appeared in. Because like uh, like hook maybe hook yeah yeah hook. that that was gonna be the one that I was gonna throw out there. Love hook, hook. is good. Hook is good. Well, uh, I'm gonna say hook might be my answer, but since you already said it, I'll say Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That was oh yeah, she was in that, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She was. Um, was she the mole? <laughs> Did I ask this before on the show? <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're gonna I have, have to no watch idea. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind again, but I like Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That movie's okay. George uh, George Clooney directed it, and uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote it, and is real mad at George Clooney about it, right? I thought I, I just kept thinking this whole time you were talking about Dangerous Minds. No, no. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It was, uh... It's like, is she Michelle Pfeiffer? That movie was Sam Rockwell about Chuck Barris, and he... Yeah, yeah. uh, The the book that he wrote about being a secret agent, Mm. which he probably wasn't, actually, but, yeah, when he wrote, like, his autobiography or something, I guess, it was called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and it was... Yeah, he wrote some sort of, like, weird gonzo journalism. Yeah, and it was about him being a secret agent while he was the host of the gong show. So Charlie Kaufman wrote a screenplay about that book, and George Clooney picked it up as the director of it, and apparently like just ravaged Charlie Kaufman's entire script or something. I'm willing to bet, though, that uh, both Charlie Kaufman and George Clooney are probably horrible to work with, and uh, I'm going to say that was both of their faults, but a good movie nonetheless. I've got a, a quick exercise that I think we could do. <laughs> Let's try to piece together... How we got to this topic from Mystic Pizza in reverse order, each step of the way. Okay, so we started with, uh, with Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Uh-huh. Before that, it was your question about Julia Roberts mm-hmm. and which movies we liked. And Before then... that, it was action figures. Before that, it was improv exercises. <laughs> improv exercises. Uh... My plugs. Your plugs. And then... Critics. Critics. And then Mystic Hector Pizza. Hector Plachette. Hector Plachette. With Kevin Bacon. So, uh, <laughs> and then Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Was that six? <laughs> Are you there? 
All right, so uh, let's do our Who Won the Minute segment. Who do you guys think won this minute? Hmm, I'm going to say who won this minute. Uh, not Conchata Farrell, because well, she's, she's just in a miserable she's position. She's disappointed right now. about them not making enough money. Mm-hmm. How about that uh, napping cook guy that was kind of in the background? He seems to be, like he's probably getting paid to be there, but he's yeah. just like napping in a booth right now. Yeah, well, maybe he's napping because he had a shitty day. I, d- I didn't even notice that guy that you're talking about. Yeah, there was this guy <laughs> dishwasher passed out in the corner. Yeah. Did you notice him? Yeah, dishwasher passed out in the corner right as uh, JoJo walks by with, with right. that salad. Whose salad was that anyway? I think it was hers. She was just having some like. Looked like a chunk of like lettuce. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the winner of the minute is the makers of Galaga. Yeah, maybe. There you go. Although that machine's not on, which means whoever had the high score on that thing lost it. Yeah, mm. poor guy. Uh, that, it's like one of those machines where you had the new high score every day, which is maybe a better way of doing that. Honestly, well, I don't know. We should say Arguments that. Uh, we should say that Daisy is in this scene, and so is Cat. So all three of the girls are in the scene. I don't think Daisy says anything though. Well, what about? Hector Plachette. No, Hector Plachette is not the winner because he's complaining about how horrible of an experience he had. Yeah, but as like a power move, because you know, it, like gives him, you know, he may become a player it later. Floats in the movie. his boat. Yeah, yeah. So he's. Oh yeah, I think he is definitely showing up. He's in this place, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you think Hector Plachette? Like, why to would they have like had this little interlude with him if not, you know, to set up the fact that he's going to come? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe uh, Mystic Pizza is the best pizza in Mystic. And once Daisy's uh, affair with Tim gets stale, she's moving on to Hector Plachette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. Mm-hmm. She's got a type. Well, if Hector Plachette does come back, then we should uh, compare his uh, review of Mystic Pizza to a review of Mystic... Like, the most recent review of Mystic Pizza. Our right? own review of Mystic Pizza. Or our own review of Mystic Pizza when we go there in a week. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, does anybody else have anything for this minute? Uh, let's see. I wrote down there was a lot of ceramic chefs around that television. Yeah. Tourists can't live with them, can't live without them. That was a line that they said. Um, and that's about it. Uh, I made a note that uh, earlier, the first time I saw Conchata Farrell in the movie, uh, I thought she was Kathy Bates. And uh, it's got a little bit of a Kathy Bates thing and going I, on. I googled Conchata Farrell space K and it auto-completed Kathy Bates. Oh, really? Hmm. So I'm not the only one. <laughs> I wonder if they've ever acted with each other in God, something so. just opposite. Uh, the, the world would have exploded if they did. So we already know they haven't. Alright, well, uh, anyway, this was the Mystic Pizza Minute. Yeah, thank you to uh, Steve Richardson, our editor, and uh, thank you to Bungler for doing all of our music. And thank you to Jeff Martin for coming on our show. Oh, thanks for having me. Sure. I uh, hope to have you back for next minute. We'll see. We shall see. Um, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Rate and subscribe. Rate and subscribe. Rate and subscribe.